Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the launch date confusion with Anthem, ultimately saying that they never officially said anything, but they should have spoke a little earlier than they did about it to clear up the confusion for folks is launching on Friday the 15th as originally planned. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. You can probably catch me live right now. Come on in, catch me watching or discussing Anthem or other games and join the conversation. Uh, Or just look up Say No to Rage on Twitch. You'll find me. And if I'm not live, click the follow button. That's an easy way to support me. If you're watching on YouTube, clicking like or sharing is another great way to support what I do. So let's just jump right into the questions. Captain says, do you play easy, normal, or hard? What do you think is best to start with? I was told at the capture event that we should play and if it feels too easy raise the difficulty so i would just jump in at normal and see how it feels you don't want to you don't want to feel like you're getting your teeth punched out as soon as you jump in i have a feeling most people are going to lean toward hard if you're playing with your buds and you're communicating i think hard is going to be kind of the starting blocks for most players i think easy will be very un- untouched Unless it's just like a a very young kid and the parents just want to kind of shoot and feel like Iron Man, they might throw it on easy. So it takes like almost it they would they almost never die, right? So normal if you're wor- if you're worried about it, do start normal and then if you're like, oh, this is too easy, throw it up on hard. But I would think that hard would be a great place to go. You're just going to get increased drops, probably an increased XP earn rate. I'm not sure how the XP works, but throw it on hard, see how it goes. That's just getting you closer to the end game anyway. Next question from Captain again. Uh, Do you think the buff for Colossus was needed? I don't know the buff to Colossus, so if somebody in chat wants to put it there, I'll be interested to see what they did, because there were complaints about the Colossus feeling squishy, kind of weak, as well as feeling kind of clunky. I thought the Colossus was fine once he got a mod component to raise his armor and health because they they didn't have him really kitted for where we were. Milo is saying it's a higher base health point, less scaling HP with mod components. So they're raising his base and giving you less on the mod components. I under that's fine. I'm fine with that. And I think that's because of the the feedback they received from the demo. If anything, that's really really good to see that people played the demo and said, "Hey man, this guy's kind of weak until he gets a mod component and then the mod component is like night and day." you know, skyrockets. Um, and they fixed the health bug. That was really the biggest issue. Okay, so there apparently was a health bug as well. Um, end game is the same, but the early game, he will have a little bit more health. This is what you want to see and hear from a developer. That means they're listening to the community and making those changes and make and taking the feedback seriously because they don't want somebody to boot up, pick Colossus, and feel like a chump. So I'm really glad that they made that change. I loved Colossus, but I did feel like he was very weak until he got a mod component. So... Next question from Sasquatch. Do you think that Destiny's lore restricts Bungie from creating more diversity in enemy factions and the atmosphere? What I mean by this, it would be hard to justify a completely new faction other than variants taken Scourge uh, because of the lore. Whereas Anthem can do anything with the Anthem of Creation. Thoughts? I don't think that this is true because I think in Destiny there is so much of the universe that's unknown there's so much that has been left shrouded in mystery, the ancient foe of the Traveler, um, Kallus staring into the Abyss, 
time traveling. There are there are so many things in realms that we don't even know about and that they could just create and be like, yeah, we didn't know about this. You can do a revelatory development where up to this point, the vanguard and the lore was limited and now we've just learned about this planet or this solar system over here or whatever. I, I don't think it's that limited. I do agree with you though with Anthem of Creation and the, and the, the events they can have in Anthem is a good pivot from restricting yourself because they can just do whatever they want and I'm excited to see how far they decide to take it how much variance they can implement to keep things fresh and to keep things lively I don't think getting into a content loop where you fight enemies you're sort of used to and accustomed to I don't think there's anything wrong with that but it is always nice when you're fighting something new and fresh that you've never really seen uh, you've never really seen before uh, Sasquatch, do you think gamers as a whole will ever accept micros if structured and practiced correctly, especially in a live service game? I think we already are accepting micros. It's literally the microtransactions in Anthem were nothing more than a mechanism for clickbait and manufactured controversy. The micros in Destiny, the micros, the micros in what is it? Apex Legends. All of them, okay, all of those micros are accepted. Nobody's talking about them. Why? Because they're having fun. Nobody's talking about the micros in Fortnite. So we've gotten to the point where we are we are okay with micros. People just use the micros and they used EA as a way to create videos, clickbait, to get people to come in and, and give them money, basically. That's why I said the whole thing was just hypocritical. Like, you're going to wax self-righteous about microtransactions while you make a clickbait video based and rooted in misinformation really are you are, are you is this is this what we're gonna do that you're, you're gonna this is this is how you're gonna handle it you know so i i don't know in my mind when you look at the whole picture okay when you look at the entire picture of anthem and how the micros work i think it's clear that we're gonna have a really really great structure of free expansion free expanded content down the line and it's totally optional and you can earn everything if you want so to me the question is never are there microtransactions it's what are they okay what are they and what's the earn rate of the items if they're earnable items that's the question i don't give two flips if somebody wants to spend twenty dollars on a on an armor set that i can earn that's up to them that is up to them. If they want to spend that $20, they're the consumer. The perception of value is on them to decide whether or not that's worth the 20 And for me, I can earn it. The Battle Pass in Fortnite is a perfect example of this. I would buy the Battle Pass for the 10 bucks, and I would slowly work my way through it. There were other people that I played with that said, I want it all now, and they just spent the money, and they finished the book day one, and got all the stuff. Right? What's it to me? Why does it matter? I don't care if you spent that money and unlocked all that stuff. I'm going to earn it. I thought the earn rate was totally fine every season. I work my way through the book and do challenges and I get stuff along the way. Every day something new pops up, a little ching-a-ring and then a little this and a little that. And then I add it to what I look like and what I'm doing. And if, if, there, if the cosmetics aren't earnable, then the question is, what type of game is it? Because in Fortnite, they sell cosmetics all the time in their store that are not earnable, okay? 
That's why it's important to say, what type of game is it? Well, it's a battle royale. It's not a looter. I'm not progressing in the game and unlocking things for my character. It's a battle royale game that if you want to spend money to make yourself look like a surfer dude or an alien, that's totally up to you. Right? Silas, thank you for two months. In a loot pursuit game, you need to push back on non-earnable cosmetics that are only be able to purchase because I think that grates against that's like that's like pushing against the grain of the game. The game is a loot pursuit game. You know, so the consumer buys it and then heads off on a trajectory of loot pursuit, and then you got weird stuff off to the side that they can't earn. The genre of game, the context, all that has to be considered. There's no hard and fast rule. You can never have cosmetics that cannot be earned. I mean, it's fine in Fortnite because it's Battle Royale. But if you come to Destiny or The Division or Anthem and you're like, here's all these dope cosmetics in this looter and you can't earn them, that's when I start to have a problem. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's, that's a per- that is a percentage of the game. That is a piece of the game that I would like to chase and pursue. And you've, you've relegated it to this, this bot, this shop over here. Now, we don't know how Division 2's cosmetics are going to work. If, if Division has a bunch of cosmetics to make your character look a certain way and you can only buy them, as a consumer, I'm not going to be as frustrated by that because I don't think your appearance in Division is that manipulatable anyway. You can't really change what you look like that much. What, like a beanie and a shirt and boots? You know what I mean? But I would say, eh, it'd be nice if I could earn those things. And they may do both. They may do a combination. So that's generally how I'm always going to land on it. What's the type of game? If it's a loot pursuit game, is it earnable? And then what's the earn rate? Because the earn rate really is the question. That's really, in my opinion, that's the question you have to ask. Because whenever you're looking at the the, the progression through the game, you don't want to have that dissonance where, oh, I have all these epic gear. All my abilities are purple. My guns are purple. I'm at, I'm at epic level. But the internal currency earn rate's terrible, and I can't buy the most basic cosmetic. That's dissonant in my mind. As long as it, as long as the interval with which I play, the earn rate of the gear is in line with the earn rate of the cosmetics, then I'm totally fine with that. Doesn't that mean the casual player is going to be more tempted to buy stuff? Maybe, but to the same degree that the casual player can't accept to be decked it out with masterwork gear at the la- at the rate that I am, they also shouldn't expect to get the cosmetics at the rate that I get them. So as long as there's a harmony within the earn rate of gear and cosmetics, you won't hear a peep out of me. I don't care what the costs are. Leviathan, do you think having multiple release dates is a good method? I feel it is a bad way to start a new game by giving some early play while others have to wait. Early access is not uncommon at this point. I think this time it's just such a long window that people are really, really, like, zeroing in on it. It's an entire week. It's not like a day or two. I do think when people calm down and remove emotion from the discussion and they think like a consumer, they see how they should see how much it benefits them. Number one, if you're on PC or Xbox, five bucks gets you to a 10-hour tr- trial of the game, basically, and your progress carries over. Five bucks gets you the game for 10 hours. If you like it, you can buy it at a 10% discount, and you get $6 off. So they basically give you a dollar back <laughs> for playing it for 10 hours and deciding whether or not you like it, okay? Well, couldn't they do that on the launch date? No, no, because the entire system of 
early access and the 10 hour trial it's all part of the same system that they have in place their subscription service has to have perks in order to be in, in order for value perception to take place and ps4 players getting quote unquote screwed is on sony sony opted to not have ea access on their platform that has nothing to do with ea or bioware they pitched it to sony and sony said no so sorry sony players talk to sony Sony is the same company that's been holding back the industry with respect to crossplay until Fortnite finally beat them into submission. No, 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 we don't want to do it. We don't we want to protect our player base. Month goes by. Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> like, you know? So, I look to Sony if 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 uh, if you're unhappy about that. Now, as far as like the staggered launch, you know, people can get in early while others have to wait. Again, this has become a standard in the industry. Your opinion kind of doesn't matter. You know, companies have decided that they can they can promote other services and other means of revenue by just staggering stuff. Let's talk about The Division for a minute. The Division has a year of free content. A year. You can pay 40 bucks for their annual pass. And you get into that free content a week early every time. Because, look, they're saying we need to subsidize this content somehow. We want to be able to tell people we're going to update the game for a year for free. How do we pay for that? Well, I don't know. See how people respond to an annual pass where you get in a, a week early and maybe get some other cosmetic perks. It's just become part of the industry. Is it good or bad for the consumer? I just don't know how a staggered release date... I've not seen a good argument yet for how it's bad for the consumer. You get to play a week... You get to see people play a week early. You can spend zero dollars and experience the game vicariously and be like, is this game worth my dollar or not? Or you can spend five bucks and try it for ten hours. How many games do you get to try for five bucks? Not, Not many. Unless they're in the EA program. Don't you see? It's a system that's benefiting you as a consumer. It both informs you about the game for a week through mediums like YouTube and Twitch. Also, you can literally try the game for 10 hours for $5. I've just I've never seen a game do that. I've never in all my in all my time. They had those demos on uh, on PS, I'm sorry, on Xbox. It's like an arcade game. I could try it for like 5 minutes and then I'd get to the boss and be like if you like this you can buy the game for $20 the demos were actually kind of cool and I bought some games because of that my wife and I bought Crimson Alliance it was a really cool dungeon crawler you know there's a song command if you want to know what song this is Dragon Tat with the whole launch date fiasco yesterday's dev twitch stream which clearly needed a moderator to structure the talk and the capture event storefront leak do you feel that EA Bioware is jeopardizing Anthem's brand of continued bad PR? I don't know how much they can be faulted for a lot of this stuff. I don't know how much you can fault them for some of this stuff because the 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 launch, the, the 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 screenshot leaking from the store it, that could have been that could have been just sort of a this is probably going to happen. You have that many content creators. You have that many content creators. My audio and video is fine. It's your browser. Just refresh. It's something that's going on with Chrome and all of the browsers. It's not my audio. Um, 
mobile and everybody else in chat's going to chime in and say audio and video is fine the if you force update chrome it might fix it but the they might have just known if we have this many content creators seeing the store we might end up with a leak and that leak could actually help us because what it'll do is it'll create it'll create controversy and criticism that we can speak to later because if you think about it right if you think about it now they can kind of look almost like heroic or like they're listening to the community right they they listen to the community about the about the colossus they give them bigger bigger base health they listen to the community oh that's pretty cool you guys remember all those videos where they said it was $20 for a skin or whatever and it was going to be super expensive for an emote well we're here to talk to you guys about the pricing structure you know or they they're not going to talk to us before tomorrow about the pricing structure so there's going to be plenty of people playing though and showing it to you you know so you're going to be able to see the pricing structure and they could look like they listen to the community like oh look the prices aren't that bad there was there was there was it seemed like it was going to be really expensive and now it's it's not it's not that bad at all you know uh frank epic Will companies who do these type of early access programs will be more clear about a game launch date in the future in response to what's been going on? Well, the big dilemma this time, as we as we previously said, the big dilemma is that they couldn't come out and just clearly say, <clears throat> you can play it early on the 15th and here's how. EA access on your console or Origin access on PC. If you do that, you can play for 10 hours and see if you like it. That costs you $5 for that for for a month of that access. If you want to play more than that, only PC users can do that for Premiere. And then the full game launches on the 22nd. Like their whole their whole way of talking about it would have been so much cleaner and simplified, you know. But they had to, they had to splice it all up. So in the future, I don't know. Now, if you're talking about the launch date and the confusion with the origin thing, yes, I faulted them for that. I said, look, man, they should have immediately responded. But I think the reason that they didn't respond immediately is because a lot of times the guys on the front lines are like, what the frick is going on? Everybody's posting pictures of the origin launcher and saying everybody's starting to think they can play on the 14th. Reddit's running away with it. Twitter, YouTubers and Twitch streamers are all saying, what is this? We can play on the 14th. And those guys on the front line, they turn around and they're like, what are we supposed to say? What what are we supposed to, res- how are we supposed to respond? And then internally, the company has to be like, all right, hang on a second. We got to run this up the flagpole. It gets run up the flagpole. There's a discussion. There's a meeting. There's an email. And then it comes all the way back down the chain of command. And they're like, okay, on the stream in two days, we're going to answer that question. Yikes. There should have been like an immediate tweet. There should have been an immediate tweet. I've never seen anything official that said the 14th, Sam's, Sam's put. I never saw that. I kept telling people everything I saw officially from BioWare was 15th, the 15th, the 15th. Everything I saw said 15th. I never saw anything that said the 14th other than people making like their own pictures and stuff. I never once saw them say the 14th. People started seeing the 14th and they started making time charts and stuff. I didn't see anything official uh, from, uh, I've not seen anything official from them that said that. So, Inert Inertel says, "Can we play when you uh, 
Can we play when you have no friends that will buy it? Yes. You can. Everything has matchmaking. If you go into free play, if you go into story missions, contracts, uh, if you go into a stronghold, it'll match. It'll matchmake you with people if you want it to. I don't think you can do much private, at least at launch. Most, ex- except for the story. But if you want people to play with you, you turn on matchmaking. And then there's a handful of con- there's a handful of pieces of content that you can't set to private, but you can set the story to private, is what we were told. Uh, Cloth says, with the rate. Excuse me, with the Ranger's Pulse Blast now becoming the only shield penetration ability in the game, should we expect to see Rangers as necessary for high-level content, and is this potentially going to pigeonhole builds for them? I, man, I don't know. I don't know if this is true. I, I'd, have to, I'd have to look at all the abilities. Number one, where did you get this information? How do you know that the Ranger's Pulse Blast is the only shield penetration ability. Milo says it's true. Um, Ben tweeted that last night. The only thing I could think is that they're trying to make sure they're trying to make sure um, certain characters I don't know, have purpose? That does seem weird. I don't want to speak to this too exhaustively. We'll have to wait for everything to kind of come out and launch. Everyone in chat is saying that Ben Irving tweeted that. Um, That seems odd to me that they would do that but sometimes things seems odd on the outset and then you get into the game you know Sasquatch is it concerning that Bioware has been transparent about everything except for pricing and the earn rate of the micros do you think they aren't coming out with that info because earn rate is not about how much you play but what you play dailies weeklies challenges etc for coin um, thank you so much, uh, K- uh, Katography for two months. I appreciate that. One, uh, one more month and you'll get the blue badge. You get a blue badge at three months. Thank you, Kat. Um, I think it's because the Ranger didn't have much shield burn compared to the other classes. This is a way for him to be useful considering that fact. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that they haven't been super transparent about the micros, my only thought on that is that that's not really what they want the dialogue to be about right now. They do not want the dialogue to be about oh, but but how but how much time? How many this, how many that? And you want to know why? Because everything gets spun into a negative. So if they sat down on a stream and they said, "Here are all the activities you can run each week to earn coin." Do you know what that gets spun into? Bioware limiting how much you can earn coin in order to squeeze you dry. Clickbait. You know, EA forcing Bioware to limit how often you can earn coin. It just, it's so easy for anything they say about micros to get spun into a negative. So they probably just don't even want that to be part of the dialogue right now. The dialogue is about the game and the fun you can have. And yes, people are like, what about the micros? What about the micros? What about the micros? They've answered the question time and time again. It's all earnable. You don't have to buy it if you don't want to. And all future DLC is free. I I just feel like that's been their consistent answer because it's like we don't want to go into depth with this because it's too easy for it to get spun into like a, a scary movie trailer, you know? Yo, 10 months from Ron from State Farm. Feel like I just subbed yesterday. Closing on a year. Thank you. 
in a world where one man attempts to earn armor in Anthem. It's like, there's just, it's too easy for it to get spun into a negative narrative. Developers don't like talking to the public, and this is kind of why. Neocache. When I open Origin, I see the 14th. It's a glitch. It's not true. Confirmed by Bioware on a live stream and their tweet. You cannot play until the 15th. That's it. That's how it works. Alex Mick uh, says, Alex Mike, <clears throat> I'm a PS4 user and I understand it is Sony's fault that I'm not getting an early 10 hours access, but don't you think full access for a week for only one platform is a bit too far in advance, especially when they are trying to appeal to a broad audience? Thank you, Tuna, for 22 months. You're the best. I don't think anybody's made a definitive case why that week of early access is bad for you. I mean, I, I messed with a guy. We were having some fun, but I was I was giving him some grief back when he said, "Well, my friends don't have Origin Premiere, and we and I can play early and they can't, you know, so we can't all play together on the 22nd." And I was like, "Sure, you can all play together on the 22nd. Just don't play for a week. Nobody's forcing you to play just because it's you know just because it's there." The other thing to consider is it's optional. It's optional. You you 100% if you want to. Now you're saying on Sony, you're saying isn't that isn't that a bit too far in advance? Why does it matter to you if people on PC can play a week early? Again, there's benefits to you as a consumer because anybody on PlayStation, any PlayStation owner, and there's a lot of them, they have the highest saturation in the market. Any PlayStation owner on the fence gets one week of streams and YouTube to inform their decision as a consumer. That's good for you. What's it matter to you if some bro on PC gets really far in the game? Who cares? It doesn't affect your experience. Jake Honeycutt with six months and Mo Money Mo Watts with 32 months and Jatak with two months. Jatoak. Thank you guys so much for all those subs. Big subs there. Jake getting the purple badge at six and 32 for Mo Money Mo Watts and Jatoak, you're one month away from the blue badge. Welcome, guys. Um, it's also very important for Anthem players to play together at any level besides Grandmaster difficulties. Yeah, again, I just, you are able, you don't have to worry about what PC users are doing. It boils down to world's first races. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It's just FOMO, man. Feeling of missing out. I don't think world's first races has come up yet in the discussion anywhere I've seen this talked about. If that's something that concerns you, I'm not trying to minimize that, but I just don't think that's a big, that's a bit, that's not a thing. There is no world's first races that we know of right now. I mean, yes, people are going to try and do it first, but I don't know. It just feels like a, that's not fair argument. That's not fair. Why? It just isn't fair, you know? SB87. Is there any reason to view the segmented release as being a live test to make sure another VIP beta disaster doesn't happen? This is another potential value to the consumer. There's going to be a week of debugging and server, server, you know, what's it called? Server scaling to make sure that everything's working really, really smooth and nice. I mean, we get in one week early. And there could be a couple days that are rough. There could be some times that aren't so great. And then a week later, everything's a whole, whole lot better, right? Again, I it, it unless you're just unhappy about other people getting in before you, I feel like there's a lot of things that benefit the consumer from this. And that's just, I mean, you might not agree with that. That might not be your opinion. You might be like, no, it's bogus. Let everybody in day one. But I don't know. Feels like it helps you more than it hurts you. J. Christ, 
why don't they have something similar to Origin Premiere on Xbox so I could have paid the extra? I actually don't know the answer to this. This is a good question. This is a good question. It's possible. It's possible that they really want to show the benefits that you get when you are doing, you know, dealing directly with Origin and not sharing in Microsoft, right? Because there's a, there's probably a revenue share on the money with uh, with Microsoft. So maybe that's why. I don't know. I can't speak to the company's business intent with why they would limit it. Um, so you are arguing that not being given the choice to play is better than it is worse for the players. That's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. You not being given the choice to play early, it has a launch date. You're creating a dialogue and a narrative that's false. Not being given the choice to play, the launch date is on the 22nd. Like every other game in existence, you can play on the 22nd. Leading up to the 22nd, you can either try the game on two platforms for five bucks to inform your decision, or watch a whole lot of gameplay prior to that to inform your decision as a consumer. You know what I mean? Does this guy represent the game, or is he just sharing his opinions? This is just a segment that I do on my channel. I do it in Destiny, I did it in Division, I do it in Anthem. I just, we talk as a community, and we do Q&A. It's something we do. I'm an EA game changer, but like, I'm not, I've, I've not been giving them a pass on everything. I said that I thought they should have been a whole lot clearer on the launch date. I faulted them for that. There was no reason to confuse people. But again, internally, they probably just couldn't pull the trigger on an announcement until they knew what was going on. So, thank you, Rebel, uh, for 19 months of subs. I'd say that it does affect my experience having people play for a week before me. It makes my achievements and progress feel insignificant. If if everybody is doing the same thing as standard release date, it feels like a collective adventure. People playing that much earlier takes away from the excitement of the hunt for cool new loot. I just, I, yeah, I mean, I hear where you're coming from, but that's your choice to feel that emotionally. You're choosing to feel that way. Like that, you're choosing to prize that and to value that. And I think that there are plenty of games that, I mean, I can play way more than you. I can play for 10 hours a day because I'm a streamer and you can't. I'm going to get ahead of you by default. And that, was that not fair that I get to play more than you and I get to have all those experiences? I'm going to get decked out in loot way quicker than the working moms and dads and college students that watch my stream. I'm going to be I'm going to be stacked to the rafters and they're going to be slowly climbing the ranks. Everybody's experience is different. It's a week, you know? FOMO. Yeah, it's FOMO, feeling of missing out. I yeah, I get it. I get it. Excuse me. Sasquatch. How do you intend on doing Anthem Q&As uh, starting tomorrow full launch? I may go dark across Twitch and YouTube to avoid spoilers. My plan is to be here early in the morning for you guys, right? And to do a discussion and to do a Q&A leading right up to launch. And then I'm going to jump right in. So, very good point. I hear you. Like, again, big time killer. I mean, I, I love gamers and I love how passionate we get. And I know it sucks when you can't do the thing that everybody else is doing. I, I totally get that. And I think it's okay to be like, my gosh, I'd have loved to have been able to take advantage of this, Sony. Or, man, is there any way you guys could give us more time or whatever, you know? Because 10 hours, as I said, for most casual players, if you play two hours a night, that's out of the seven days that you're waiting, 
That's two hours a night for five of the seven days. The only real people missing out are hardcore Xbox players or Sony players. Right? Uh, When is it released? Tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Jack Berserk. How do you think they should handle the releases in the future? Uh, Listen, they can't suddenly work against their business interests with Premier and EA Access. Okay, that's part of their business plan. They've trotted out a product and a service. Okay. They've trotted out a product and a service. And people seem to be liking it. It's actually pretty good value. I mean... Five bucks a month or $30 a year. What you get for that $30 a year is actually kind of mind blowing with respect to how many games and the early access and then the 10% off new games. Like, it is 30 bucks is an absolute steal. That's half the cost of a full game. Origin access, the normal Origin access is the same way on, on, on PC. It's five bucks a month or 30 bucks a year. Now, Premiere is, is a little bit more of a chunk of change. It's a hundred bucks a year, but you know, you, you get you get you get a lot more perks with that one. So you know, it is more pricey. And again, it's up to the consumer. The consumer decides whether or not it's worth it. You can decide whether or not Netflix is worth the subscription or HBO Go. It's the same idea. Some people might look at the pricing structure of HBO Go or Netflix, and and then you can decide whether or not it's worth the price. So, the early access that a few people will buy might actually end up hurting their sales in the long run. Well, like I said, it's risky to let people play your game early. It's it's risky, I think. So, guys, if you're tuning in right now and you've never been here before, typically when I play the game, I'm in a full full screen of gameplay, sitting here talking with you guys, and then I go to this scene for this segment where we discuss something and I take your questions and your questions show up right on the screen. So if you like this style of content, it's like an interactive radio show, click the follow button. That's a free way to support my content. That's the little heart button. And it's like an interactive radio show where I give you a hub of content. Because if you're going to show up, you're not just going to watch me play a video game. There's going to be segments and things that I'm, tr- I'm trying to give you value. I'm trying to give you entertainment and a very intentional form of content creation. So I appreciate everybody being here uh, very, very much. I'm very excited about the game. I'm going to do the same thing with Division 2. I've been doing this with Destiny for a while. Angel says, will you be leveling through missions or trying to power level through free play? I mean, obviously there's no way to know what's the most effective until we get there. Um, you know, until we get there, we don't know which is the most effective. Powering through the story on hard might be better than free play, just because the typically, right? Typically, in games like this, they intentionally craft it so that you get more XP from the story. You just, just you finish a mission, it's just big boom, this big chunk of XP instead of the the random allotments of XP from like world events and things like that. Generally, I think that playing through the story is going to be faster because you're just that's typically how they have them created. I don't have any inside information, but it would be really odd for them to say, "Oh no, yeah, but if you go on if you go into free play and turn it up to hard, you're going to you're going to just get tons of XP." They said free play is the least efficient way to get XP. There you go. From Nick Baker in chat. Yeah, I just... That would be... Like I said, that would be kind of odd. Welcome to the game. Here's the story. But uh, if you go out here and just shoot random enemies for the next three hours, you're going to hit max level. Like, that'd be odd. 
Gungfu says, why did they change the release times? It was not a correct thing in the Origin launcher, and they have since corrected the misinformation. It wasn't like a, hey, we're going to do this. Oh, whoops, no, just kidding. We're not going to do this. It was a mistake, is what it was. Next question from Jake Breaks. With all the confusion and talk these days about microtransactions with special editions, do you think all games will turn free-to-play and have developers just bake in as many add-ons as possible? Uh, I don't think so, and I'm going to tell you why, okay? I don't think so. Because in general, whenever these sorts of games try to get off the ground, and if you're going to do a free-to-play with microtransactions, the truth of the matter is, not every single game can become Fortnite. Not every single game can become Fortnite. Fortnite's success and revenue stream is very obviously, very obviously related to how popular the game became. Okay, so free to play with baked in micros is risky. Because here's what, here's some of the risk, here's some of the risk involved. Okay. Some of the risk involved with with a free-to-play game is that you have zero skin in the game. Zero. So if you download a free-to-play game and you play for an hour and you're like, this is stupid, and then you put it down, it's easy to put down because you didn't spend any money and you just walk away. Now, that could be a game that you really, really like. Because I had friends that thought Borderlands 1 was stupid. They tried it and they hated it. And later on, when I was trying to convince them to play it, I was like, dude, it's like an RPG. You level up. It's amazing. And they're like, no, it's not. You didn't level up. Blah, 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 blah. They didn't know. They played it for like 45 minutes and then they put it down. And that's actually true about Borderlands. Borderlands had a really, really high quit rate. There was, it was, it didn't do a good job in the early, in the early stages explaining the game to people. Uh, Gearbox has talked about that. And my friends were proof of this. And so when I convinced them to come back and try the game again, we played the ever-loving frick out of Borderlands 1. We loved it, okay? If your free-to-play game doesn't hook people right away, they don't feel like pressing on. Like, when I play a game that I've spent $60 on, I'm going to be like, okay, come on, let's try and figure this out. There's, we're, we, we, you know, we, we, we got to we got to push through. There's something we're missing. There's something we don't understand here. And with the combo system and the movement system in Anthem, until people really catch the vision for the movement and the combos, they might think the game is lame. So many people criticized the game and said, oh, everything's spongy and the guns are weak. And I'm like, sounds like you stayed on the ground and played it like a shooter. You're supposed to be moving around like an insane version of Iron Man and streaming together combos and your guns are like supplementary. They're like... And also, you're using crap guns because you're, it's, there's, what, six or seven tiers of weapons and you're using, like, the bottom barrel, white, greens, and blues. So, if you do a free-to-play game and it's got systems like that that could either be easily misunderstood or misconstrued or have a bad experience, people would be like, this game sucks, and they cast it aside. And everyone's like, wait, 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 no, it's actually good if you do these things, blah, 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 blah. it's too late. It's too late. the The ship sails, and then you, and then your game's dead in the water, because you're not going to make any money if they don't. The only way you make money on cosmetics is if people become addicted to the game. That's why I've told people the only way the micros in Anthem are profitable is if the game is good and they have a hobbyist player base. This is why I don't think that they will be aggressive with the micros. I think they will be reasonable. 
Because what they want to have happen is you are enjoying yourself so much that in a month or two, you justify spending money because you're like, I only spent 60. They keep adding stuff for free. I'm having a good time. I'll spend the money. If the game, if, if the hobbyist player base feels stiff-armed or squeezed dry by the micros and walks, the game falls flat on its face. It doesn't matter how aggressive they are with the micros. It doesn't matter how expensive they are. Nobody's playing the game and buying them, and the game fails to generate revenue. So, there are multiple models. I think the model that... that they're doing with Anthem and Bungie's model with the annual pass running alongside free content and ESO's model. I think those are the three models you're going to start to see iterations on. There'll be versions of those of those models coming out sooner, more, more and more often. Only when they're trying to do this style of game. I think there's going to be plenty of games that don't need to do this. They just, here's the 60, her, like a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel or something. Here, 60, and then we're going to do DLC, traditional DLC add-on, right? That, that I think a lot of games can continue to do that. But when you do want to do a game like ESO, Diablo, Destiny, and Anthem, or Division 2, you're going to have free running alongside of uh, monetized content. But I think a lot of the times you are going to have that initial cost to get in just because they need the upfront revenue to, to kind of get things kickstarted, you know? So that's my, that's my prediction is that uh, different versions and iterations of those models will become more prominent. Not like, hey, it's free, but we baked in micros. I think that's going to be less prominent because of how risky it is. You got juked. What are your plans for this game? Are you going to focus on the crit path first or just chase power level? I'm just going to play through the story and level up. I don't do the I don't do the hardcore sweat my sweat my eyeballs off to like get all the paths and this and that in pursuit. That stuff I can do with time. I typically just want to play through the the, the main missions and and just level up and get loot. I'm 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 actually pretty uh I'm actually very easily pleased uh, a lot of the times. Um just because it's uh, it's usually tough to know what to chase in the early days. You don't really know what to value or what you're looking for just yet, you know? It's Buddha time. Is it just me, or does it look like people are willing to give Anthem no chance or complain about stuff like microtransactions within Anthem because it's an EA-published title? However, a lot of those same people are willing to give Apex Legends a pass. Uh, doesn't seem fair to me, but I'm old and grouchy. Thank you. Well, there's a whole dialogue here that I don't think people are even understanding what's actually happening. (laughs) So Apex Legends didn't promote their game at all. And internal leaks indicated that they knew it would be criticized for having loot boxes because it's attached to EA. They've not said anything official but there was at least two leak reports that I read that indicated there was internal dialogue that stipulated loot boxes and being attached to EA, this game will not get off the ground. It'll get shot down in flames by the, by the, by the gaming rage community. The manufactured controversy community will eat this game alive, right? EA didn't make Apex. It doesn't matter. Their name's attached to it because they're attached to Respawn, okay? So... Apex's launch is bizarre. It's really, really bizarre. And because of its bizarre launch, we have to consider why they did what they did. And I think 
Apex Legends is a triumph and it's a great game, but it has two of the things that people typically criticize. Earnable characters that you can buy before everybody earns them that are influential, okay? So it's got it's got characters that can be earned but can be bought right away with real money, and it has loot boxes. <laughs> so it has it has the two microtransactions that are the most oftenly criticized. Keep in mind, these microtransactions are nowhere in Anthem. Anthem has cosmetics that can be earned okay no loot boxes no you might get the thing you want it's literally just buy it if you want it (laughs) and all their future dlc is free so apex legends is proof okay apex legends is proof that people will overlook things that they typically criticize if they're having a good time this is why fortnite gets away with it you don't pay 60 dollars for apex legends it doesn't matter like Fortnite, you don't pay you don't pay sixty dollars for, but after you buy three skins, you have spent sixty dollars. So, like, what? Once you spend sixty dollars, what are you somehow in some area where they shouldn't charge you any more money? Hey, I bought three skins at Fortnite. Where's all my free stuff? Well, does that mean I activate no micros in your game? I just bought three skins. I mean, once you get past the first or se- the first month to month and a half of Anthem, you're in a free play model because everything they added from that point on is free. I, you know, and and your point is completely invalid for one simple reason. The $60 you pay for Anthem, you get everything in the game. It's all earnable. Nothing's held behind a paywall. So your point's not valid. It being a $60 game doesn't mean anything. And again, you get into month, the second month, and they're adding content for free. You're in a free play model at that point. You spend $60 admission, basically, to get into their ever-expanding world. You know? Okay, but if they charge money for Javelins, DWK, that's not the same as characters in a BR PvP game. Not the same at all. If they charge for Javelins. It isn't the same. And loot boxes have literally been... Let's ignore the characters for a minute. The earn rate of the characters in, in, in Apex was pretty quick anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. I wasn't even saying it was a big deal. Loot boxes are... is super, super criticized. Very consistently. So, why isn't it the same? Because there's no such thing as pay-to-win in a non-PVP game? Like, pay-to-win what? You're not playing against each other. You know? <clears throat> Alex, uh, Mike, is the full week of early access to PC Origin Premiere a normal practice for EA? Can't remember a game that followed this model. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Here's something to consider. This is a really great way to promote their game, isn't it? Everyone's talking about it. <laughs> Milo says every single EA game has done this. So every single EA game you can get for the, you can get it a week early, Milo, if you have Premiere. Oh, well then there you go. I mean, EA Access and Origin Access have always been like this as far as I knew. It was like, yeah, you pay and you get to play early and you get a discount if you buy it full. Apparently Titanfall 2 did it. Well, there you go. Yeah, this is standard practice. So this isn't some random new thing. It's just because it's a main stage super promoted game that everyone's paying attention to it. Uh, Andromeda did it. Battlefield 5 did it, according to chat. There you go. 
Um, in Apex, everything is earnable and loot boxes don't have duplicates. Not defending Apex, but it's the same as Anthem. It is not the same as Anthem, Skymind. It is not the same for one simple reason. If you want something in Anthem that costs money, you spend the money and you get the thing. Loot boxes, while yes, they don't have duplicates, I do appreciate that aspect of the, of the loot boxes in, in Apex. You cannot spend money in Apex and get what you want. You get a chance to get the thing that you want. It is a huge categorical difference in micro-spending. Enormously different. Especially when you click on one character or gun and you see that there's like 75 cosmetic pieces that you can get. That's, it's There's a lot. There is a lot. I'm not saying the cosmetics or the loot boxes in, in Apex are bad. I'm not. I said these are the most criticized things in the, in the micro-spending world and no one's saying a freaking word. But we're going to talk about Anthem to the point that it's like ad nauseum that, that there's micros in Anthem. It's a $60 game. Like, but it's not loot boxes and it's all earnable. <laughs> See what I'm saying? But we don't hear a peep about Apex. It's not consistent. It's just manufactured rage. It's not informed. All those videos and all the frustration came out of misinformation. <laughs> it was all misinformation. It's not like we're two weeks into the game and having an informed conversation about it. All the anger and rage came from ignorance and false and false information and clickbait. It didn't come from a, a measured conversation, intelligence and facts. It came in the absence of those things. That's insanely dismissive? No, it's not! No, it's not! <laughs> How is it dismissive? Because Apex is actually a good game? Right! Right! As I said before, there's a relationship here. It's a symbiotic relationship, right? If we don't like the game and aren't playing the game, the micro-spending and the micro-cost isn't gonna matter! <laughs> it's not gonna matter! It's it's not. If it's false info, they could have easily said so. They did, Proteus. They went to the Reddit post immediately and said, this is outdated information. They did, in fact, say that it was false information. Oh, and the exact same thing happened with Rage 2, by the way. Bunch of clickbait, nonsense, false information, manufactured rage, manufactured frustration, and then Rage 2 has to come out and say... No, this is not how it works. You guys are all wrong. Your YouTube videos are wrong. <laughs> Again, you don't get to wax self-righteous about microtransactions when you're dealing in misinformation and clickbait. <laughs> Come on. Big Shadow, when is the first raid? We have no idea, and they said there's raid-level content coming. They didn't say there are raids coming. That's all I've seen. The only official statements that I have seen have been raid-level content. That's it. Bullseye, why do you think some people choose to be so negative to big names or products? I think many people feel small in the world, and that being negative gives them a false sense of empowerment. Well, it's big targets are easy to shoot at right you can downvote a call of duty video and feel cool for a minute um you can attack a big streamer like ninja and feel cool for a minute i said this morning it's like a it's like a very twisted version of a drug 
it's empowering to join in on the mob and throw stones at products or people. And when you do that, for a moment, you feel very powerful. It's the reason that people... I mean, there's I, there's got to be psychological studies in the fact that people can do things in a crowd that they would never do on their own. You would never get so excited about a football game that you would run out into the street and just write a la- a, light a random car on fire. But when people are in a big group, they do stuff like that. It's like... And if you and, and and when they calm down and they're sober minded, they're like, I, I they would never do that, right? They do things in a crowd that they ordinarily wouldn't do. Well, the internet is a very accessible crowd and mob you can throw in with. So at any point in time, you can feel really strong and really empowered to do whatever. So it's it's actually a really, really huge problem in the world right now that people people and persons are consumable products and and we we treat everything virtually the same it's like people have a really really hard time distinguishing the difference between like a person and a product so they treat you know musicians and and artists and movie stars this way so we talked about this this morning so when Britney Spears has a mental breakdown and shaves her head that's consumed like a product and then thrown over our shoulder it's like it, it, she's just a product for you to consume. It doesn't matter that she's having an actual crisis and maybe an actual psychological problem and she's in distress. That doesn't matter to people. They click, they share the video, they make funny comments. Ha ha ha, look at her. You know, it, that's the way we treat people. Games and companies are treated the same way. Oh, it's just a big target to shoot at and make you feel cool and make you feel strong. I'm not even going hard. People are saying I'm going hard and defending EA and asking if I like EA. I have zero history with EA. I'm on record as criticizing them for the launch date of Titanfall 2, and that's about it. Right? That's about it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm on record as to not like, and I'm on record as to saying that BioWare should have spoken to the launch date with more clarity. I'm not defending EA and everything they've ever done in the history of the company. I don't have a working dialogue and a working history with their games up to this point. I don't. So I'm not going to get on a soapbox about things they've done in the past. I have said that whatever they were trying to do with Battlefront was met with criticism and was changed, and they suffered loss because of that, which gives me reason to think they would not repeat that again, especially with a game that is planned to be a game-as-service, a hobbyist-oriented game. I've argued from business motivation. I've not once defended them as being a pure-as-the-driven-snow company. I don't know them. I don't know the company's motivations. I don't know their company plans. I have simply said... From a business standpoint, it makes sense to me for them to not be aggressive with the micros and to have a symbiotic relationship with the community. Like, to me, it just makes perfect business sense that that's going to be the way they approach this because they stand to make money if there's a very healthy relationship and lots of people playing two to three months from now. If they are not good with the the micros and they're really, really hyper-aggressive, then... They stand to lose consumers, lose player base, and then the product will fail. So that my argument has been consistently about the business aspect of things, not defending them and saying, "Oh, guys, I oh, trust me, man. EA's great. EA's awesome. They're amazing, amazing." Blah 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 blah. I've just said, from a standpoint of return of investment and a successful franchise and successful revenue streams, I can't see them doing this. So. 
So people can call me a shill and a sellout and you're paid to defend EA. I've not received a dime from them to cover the game or to talk about the game. I wasn't given talking points. I wasn't told what to say or what to talk about, right? I wasn't, I've never been told what I could talk about or what I could say. I'm not allowed to bash them to the same degree that I'm not allowed to bash any sponsor that I have because that would be stupid. If I sat here and bashed Astro, DX Racer, G Fuel, or any company that I'm partnered with, that's idiotic. You don't do that. So to the degree that I can't bash any sponsor that I have, I can't bash EA, but I can I can speak about what's going on and talk and be honest. I've not been muzzled in any way at all. Uh, love you, bro. Thank you, Zeta, for 20 months. And I don't know if 25 minutes ago I thanked... Uh, Sin- Sinric Gaming with a Prime Sub? I might have missed that. So. Valkyrie Angel. After playing the demo and all the javelins, I love the Interceptor the best. Do you think that the Interceptor is going to be viable javelin in the endgame? From what I saw at the capture event when Datto played Interceptor at Grandmaster 1, I think that Interceptor will be huge in endgame. Kazmuth with the brand new Prime Sub. Thank you. I appreciate everybody using their Prime subs on me. Couple of Prime subs coming in top tier and cash him. Thank you. Uh, you guys do not have to do that. I appreciate all the folks that have been using their Prime subs here lately. Thank you. If you have a Prime sub and you decide to use it here, I greatly appreciate that. So no, I um, I think Interceptor is going to be very strong in the end game. I think the Interceptor has abilities and, and perks that will play very well with maximizing DPS. So Savage Oompa. What is your favorite character to play an Anthem? The Colossus, followed up by the Ranger. I love the Colossus. He's really fun. I think the area of effect that he gets on combos is super exciting. He will spoil you. Nobody else gets that many, like, words of combo to pop up. More Prime subs coming in from Dennis and Spooby. Thank you very much, guys. I greatly appreciate that. Everybody, welcome to the Rageless. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. We have really good emotes here. I think I have some of the best emotes on Twitch. I know I'm biased, but I think they're really great. My emote artist does a stellar job. And uh, I appreciate you guys being here. Again, if you like this content, I don't do sub drives and ask for subs, but a free way to support me is by clicking follow. Clicking the little heart button is a free way to follow the channel and make sure you don't miss out on these great discussions and Q&A sessions. I do these all the time. It weaves you into the content and it gives you a nice interactive almost radio show. Um, we need a thick boy emote. We really do, don't we? Yeah, David Reese is a is just a god-tier emote artist. I love him. Um... Mm, yeah, so Colossus. Uh, Death. Hey, Lono, what's your plan for content creation for Anthem this week? Will you do any talks or just play through the game uh, this week and then start your talks? Well, okay, so first, tomorrow, probably a talk before, right? A talk before and a Q&A. And then I'm just going to play. We're just going to play and feel out the game and talk and vibe. We're not going to try and do the whole, like, let's have a Q&A while Lono's playing through the story, Okay. There's a time and a place for me to just kind of like enjoy a game. And then more than likely, we'll grind out some more Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday we'll hit and I'll have a scheduled talk and Q&A session. We'll boot up the game, we'll play, we'll do some stuff, and then I'll do a talk. Probably a first impressions video. How's it feel? How's the optimization? What did I think of the story? Blah, 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 blah. And then I'll take questions from the audience. Because when I play the game, I go full screen. We don't always stay in this SNTR present scene. So if you're if you're new and you're like, is it always like this? It's not. So. Um, can you make a free view comment after playing for like three hours? 
Well, that, I mean, if I'm here streaming and you come in and you're like, how is it? And I've been playing for a couple hours, I'll answer you. I don't like ignore chat if I'm not doing Q&A. I'm one of the most interactive streamers on the platform. I say more words in a 10-hour stream than some people say the entire week they stream. So, like, you're going to get a ton of interaction from me. It just won't be a structured segment, you know? Just so I can kind of get through the game and enjoy it. And then we will have we will have these segments planned through the whole week. Lord knows that's the truth. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There are guys that uh, there are guys that watch this stream and they say that when I go silent, they're worried that the internet goes down at their business. Like I guess they monitor like the internet at their at the at the company that they work for. And if I go quiet, they think the internet went down because I literally don't shut up for nine hours. <laughs> I take it as a compliment. I work really hard to give you guys a constant flow of dialogue. Uh, Jack Berserk. Do you think that the subscription-based services will be more popular going forward? I actually do. As long as they're optional and deliver clear value, then yes, I think they will. And here's why. Uh, And only in these types of games, though, right? I think these types of games are growing in popularity. But you can't just throw... You can't just throw a game onto console and say, 10 bucks a month subscription to play our MMO. I think that's difficult to do. I, I know that like Final Fantasy did it, but a lot of games just, I, I think they know we're never going to get the, cons- the console player base to sign on to another, another revenue outgo every month. But if there's enough content in there that's free and, and, being, and being good content, adding good value, and then a complimentary subscription goes alongside of it, I think people would opt in for that and then companies could make good money. I happen to think Bungie missed a really big opportunity with the Eververse. I think every season you should be able to spend 10 bucks for a book from the Eververse. Get this stupid prismatic matrix crap out of the game. It doesn't even work right. I already have all blocked out again and they said that wasn't going to happen and it happened. That, That garbage needs to go. Give me a book. I'll pay 10 bucks for the book. And then as I work through the book through the season, I get all the cosmetics if I take the time to do everything. That's guaranteed revenue for Bungie. It gives me a sense of progression in the game and a sense of empowerment. Every season? So the annual pass is is for content. And then on top of that, every season, if you're like, hey, there's an Eververse book you can buy for 10 bucks, And it guarantees you all the Eververse items of that season if you take the time to go through it. They missed a huge opportunity there. I think a plenty of people would have spent that 10 Because then they know, if I take the time to do it all, I'll get all the stuff from that season. They did it first! Like a battle pass? Right! They did it first! They did it with SRL! Like, they did the Battle Pass book cosmetic thing before Fortnite did it. It's like, you guys, it's your idea, Bungie. Why aren't you doing it? I think more people are going to start to opt and do that. ESO does it. It's a total optional thing, and it's a great value add, and plenty of people are like, yeah, give me that. I'll do it. It's on top. It's not forced. It's, you know, it's a great way for you to add to the game, give them revenue flow, and people that are like, I'm not interested in any of this crap, no worries. No worries at all. You, you, don't, ha- you don't have to spend a dime. It's just, it's an optional thing off to the side, you know? And if they're smart about it, the way that Bungie has set it up with the annual pass... 
the free thing every season, it ties in perfectly with the monetized stuff. Hey, we're giving you a level bump and a couple a couple new weapons. Okay, sweet, that's free. Oh, and by the way, um, after you hit the new level max, there's these new content activities over here in the annual pass that you can pay for, and you can get access to that stuff. You know what I mean? People would cry and complain about things being behind a paywall. They couldn't cry and complain about that, Chesco, because if the Eververse was still there and giving you engrams to earn the things naturally, you you don't need the book. The book would just be an optional and more intentional way of getting every cosmetic item. But I, I have never, ever wanted for a single cosmetic item in Destiny. I have so much bright dust. That's why I said Bungie missed the boat. If you play enough, like, you really don't ever, you just always are able to buy the stuff with the bright dust. But a book, they could add a whole new level to the Eververse, a whole new tier of dope stuff that I can earn, but it's less likely that I earn it because there's just so much extra stuff. You pay 10 bucks, you get this, you know, you get all this extra stuff and you can earn it. And if you don't want to do the $10 to earn it, you can try your, your, you know, your, your hand at the RNG. As long as you're playing enough, you get a pretty reasonable amount of those engrams anyway. Uh, the Mountain King. Could one argue paying for Premiere and having to wait is being anti-consumer? I, this question doesn't make sense to me. Um, what, could one argue paying for Premiere and having to wait being anti-consumer? You aren't, you don't have to wait. You pay for Premiere and you get it a week early. I don't understand this question. You might have to clarify in chat for me. I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. Adoptable Earth. I feel uh, I fell asleep. SMH. Uh, did you talk about Neil Blomkamp's anthem trailer today? If not, it's an Oat Studios YouTube page. Seems good. I didn't watch it because it's not my content, and I don't feel like getting DMCA'd by by that by Oat Studios. I want to respect their content, and if people want to watch it, go watch it on their YouTube. Give them the clicks, the views, the likes, the comments. I'm not going to show it on my channel. I don't feel I didn't feel right about that, and I don't want to open myself up to getting DMCA'd or or struck with like a "Hey, you can't show our content" kind of a thing. And I just I don't know, just a respect thing. It's not my content; it's theirs. They took time and hours and a lot of work to make it. Okay, next question, Proteus. If other streamers had early access and you couldn't stream the game on launch. Would that make you upset for your audience and not being able to stream during release? Yeah, but this is a false equivalency. This isn't the same as consumers not being able to play for a week. If other streamers got early access and I couldn't play the game, that affects my business. That affects my ability to have relevancy. But this hap- <laughs> I got news for you. This happens all the time. The biggest streamers get the game a day early. This happens all the time in the industry, and it sucks because the biggest streamers are at the top of the directory anyway. They're already up there on launch date, and you let them play early, and now you're making it even harder for us to have the relevancy a day or two later on launch date. So it already happens. So my frustration with that would be, as as a business, you're hurting my ability to deliver something that the viewers are wanting to see because they can just see it somewhere else. Yeah, Ko gets early access all the time. You think Ko's going to struggle to be at the top of a directory if he chooses a game to stream it? No. So you give him early access? <laughs> all early access does is it helps It helps big streamers pull from other big streamers, basically. Because then they don't have to worry about competing with as many people. They like That's all it really does. It just helps them. It does, like... 
it just the the day the game goes live, the big guys are all they're always up there. <laughs> it's you know what I mean. I don't care. It's not Co's fault. That's just an industry standard. He's built a platform. It's so dadgum huge. Companies are like, let's let him play today early. Like it's it's just part of the business. But it sucks for the rest of us, big time. So, uh, Papa Mogura. Do you have to buy the game and Origin EA sub to play the 10-hour trial? No, you do not have to buy the game for the 10-hour trial. You can spend $5 for EA Access, and that gives you 10 hours of access to the game. And if you like it, you can buy it at a 10% discount, and you get $6 off. So you get back the 5 that you spent... So you basic if you decide to buy it, you got the ten hour trial free, basically. Like, you see what I'm saying? It is such a. Bu- I just don't understand how anybody could look at that and be like, "That's not fair. That's not right." It's five bucks to try the game for ten hours, and then you get that money back if you decide to buy it in the way of a ten percent discount. <laughs> you know? So, I, yeah, it, it's a value to you. You can try it, see if you like it before you buy it. Almost no game companies do this. Uh, DPS. Will Anthem have PvP? I sure freaking hope not. If you want PvP, go play Apex. This is a this is not a PvP game. If you want PvP in a game like this, buckle up for four years of arguments about nerfs and buffs that we've been having in Destiny. I just don't think it's going to work. I don't think this game's going to be able to do PvP, and I hope it never gets it. Main Forever. Do you think Premiere would be a more well-rounded, w- uh, would be more well-rounded if it offered early access to the full game, not 10 hours? For console players as well. Love this show. You're getting a little confused in your terminology here, Main. EA Access and Origin Access are the 10 hours. PC and Xbox. Premiere costs more money that's unlimited access on PC. Like it is it is the full game. And uh, well and the 10 hours is the full game too. You're not limited, you just you run out of time is all. You run out of playtime. Again, 10 hours for most players is a good chunk. That's 2 hours a night for 5 days. So 5 of the 7 days you can come home from work, put in 2 hours, go to bed and do it all over again. 5 out of 7 days you can put in a nice chunk of time at night to see if you like the game or not. Uh, Slothian, what do you think about the game's world and story from what you've seen? I like it. I really do. I like the world. I love the look and feel of it. And I think the story is interesting. It's unique to say the least. Origami. I've not played or ordered the game yet. Any tips and things I should pay attention to before buying the game? I'm definitely going to wait till the first few weeks have passed. Don't want to get Curse of Osiris. (laughs) Um, The best thing I would say for you to look for, number one, is are people having fun? So don't just watch the big streamers, okay? Don't just watch the big streamers. It's easy to put on a glib, generically happy face when the viewership's high and the game is relevant and you want the crowd to feel like good things are happening, right? Watch, go down a few, you know? Go down a few. Watch some other people. Then watch some videos about the various javelins and see if one appeals to you or multiples appeal to you. And maybe find some streams where you can ask questions like this. Because I'm going to be honest with you. 
you know, I'm not gonna I, I, I will not hold back if I feel like pieces of the game are missing or lacking because that's how the game improves that is how the game improves if we get two weeks in and I'm like yeah they really need to work on this this needs beefed up over here or this doesn't seem that working that well you know I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot straight with you now here's what I never do all right I have never told anybody to buy a game or pre-order, okay? Never. Unless it's a game like Ori in the Blind Forest or Hellblade, where I'm like, this is a must-buy. These are beautiful games, okay? I do that very infrequently. I don't know if I've ever told anybody to pre-order, but if I really, really love a game like Ori in the Blind Forest or Hellblade, I give it a strong stamp of approval when I say, yes, you should just buy this game. It's amazing. Now, with Anthem and Destiny and Destiny's annual pass and stuff, I've always said, I'm not going to tell you whether or not it's worth it or whether or not you should buy. I'm going to highlight what I think are the value points. Here's why I'm playing. Here's why I'm enjoying myself. And if that sounds like something that you would enjoy, then you can make that decision as a consumer. I have never and will never shove pre-order buttons down your throat. I've never done that and I never will. Ever. Even now, I tell people, think of everything I've said for the last hour. I've said, wait and see, try it out, watch streams, watch YouTube, be an informed consumer. None of that is hype train pre-order now, it's going to blow your mind. I don't, I don't talk like that. So, that's why when people accuse me of being a shill and a sellout, it's just, it, that is humorous to me. In light of everything I've said for the last, like, hour. What are the negative points, though? I, I haven't played the game. How could I point out negative points? I had concerns when I came back about a narrow end game. The video they put about the end game made me feel pretty good. I came back and said, the big question mark for me is, how are they extending the game? Does the end game do this thing where the concentric circles of the game shrink down to like a small circle of content? Or is it going to stay pretty big? From everything I've seen, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty substantive. I have to play it and figure that out. So... I don't don't know right now. I went to the capture event in San Francisco having never touched the game and having not watched any videos or anything. That's one of the reasons I didn't know about combos. That hurt my, my experience a little bit. But I told everybody before I was going, my two main concerns are with a game like this, a hobbyist game as service game, my two main concerns. Number one, is it is it fun and satisfying to play? Can this be a game where you run the content loop and you enjoy yourself? Destiny's shooting mechanics are really satisfying. That's one of the reasons you can kind of just play it and play it and play it and play it and play it, okay? So the content loop, the experience was number one concern. Number two, end game and longevity. Are they going to build the game in a way where there is good investment paths and fun things to do for the long term of the end game? How are they going to extend the game? Those are the two pillars you need for a game like this to get off the ground. And when I came back from the capture event, I felt like I saw those two pillars in pretty good... There's pretty good structure there for those pillars to be built upon. So... Will they have more than the seven enemies we've seen so far? I mean, I've seen more en- enemies in trailers that we didn't see during the beta, so I would assume so, yes. It was a demo, so I wouldn't think that's everything. That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Get Exposed Kid says, Lono, during the VIP and demo, there was no way to see current stats, like your armor or something. Have you heard if they have added that feature for launch? That's been feedback that people have said they want to see that, so hopefully we get something. I've not seen anything announced, no. You got juked. Why do people freak out about micros if they're only 
Uh, cosmetic. Why are people entitled to a certain look, like armor sets, decals, materials? When people freak about pricing, when it doesn't affect gameplay at all, it kind of blows my mind. Thoughts? Thank you, um, Moxen, for the Prime sub. I greatly appreciate you using your Prime sub. Oh, it's a 14-monther. Thank you so much, Moxen. That's a long time. Um, here's the thing. I think when it's cosmetic only, in a game like Fortnite or Apex, it's a little bit different, because it doesn't affect the gameplay, it's just it's just a BR I do think cosmetics and the appearance of your character is part and parcel, it is part of the experience in a loot pursuit game, to pretend that your appearance in a loot pursuit game is not part of the drive and not part of the appeal, I think is disingenuous, I'm not saying you're being disingenuous, what I'm saying is Sort of being like, what's it matter? You don't need to get any of these cosmetics. You don't need to look like that. It, it's just cosmetics. Well, I don't think that's necessarily connected to the value of a loot pursuit game. Especially one that's third person. Uh, you can see your javelin. You can see your armor. Looking cool and seeing a visual representation of your investment is a part of the game. It is. I still remember the first time I got a wolf helmet in Diablo 2 for my druid. It added to the experience. I remember it. I remember insisting upon wearing wolf helmets in Diablo 2, even if they weren't very good, because I thought I looked cool. You know, I just, it's part of it. You, you, I don't think you can divorce it and pull it out of there and say, oh, it's just cosmetics. You don't need any of this stuff. I just don't think so. I think it's part of the experience. That's why earlier I said, you got to ask the question, what type of game is it? If it's a loot pursuit game, you better tread lightly or you're going to tick people off because their sentimentality, their, their desire and their, and their motivation is, is touched by that. And you really poke that in the eye. If you make it too pricey or buy only, uh, rage pepper. Thank you so much, dude, for three months of subs. You're on the front lines of shaping what video, um, uh, video games media is moving forward. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. That's a, that's a ridiculous high praise. I appreciate that. If you guys are enjoying the show, be sure to click the follow button. Uh, I appreciate that. We do these segments on a regular basis. If you like the interactive radio show feel, you click the heart button. That's a free way to support me. Um, I, I usually am full screen, though, for gameplay. I do this for the question and answer sessions, though. The beef tip. Do you think EA could have cleared some of the confusion by updating their launcher? Yeah, that we've we've went round and round on this. I don't want to spend any more time beating this dead horse. They should have responded quicker. I'm sure there were probably legitimate reasons why they didn't. I don't think they were like, nah, we don't want to tell the consumers what's going on. Like, I don't think that's the case. I think they just, for whatever reason, couldn't. I can imagine a world where the people on the front lines were like, what the frick is this? And it gets run up the flagpole and corporate structure just can move at a snail pace sometimes. And that's why we didn't get clear answers. They don't benefit on lack of clarity. They don't come out on that. They, they don't come out ben, benefactors in the lack of clarity. So I don't think it was intentional. The thing people are overlooking is there a large amount of customization just at base with a full color palette. I do want to say this because we've got a big audience here right now, and a lot of people are probably going to watch this video in this session. They're going to give you a bunch of gold coins at the beginning. And they said, don't spend them all really fast. Wait. (laughs) Figure out who you like the most. Figure out what looks you like the most. Okay? They're going to give you some coin right up front. Be careful. 
Don't burn a hole in your pocket with it, all right? Um, that's your warning, okay? They're giving you some up front. Captain, how big do you think the benefits are for people who play one week early, thinking about leaders, leaderboards or endgame? I just don't think this is an issue. I don't, I'm not going to make a mountain out of it. Leaderboards can always be... You can always top somebody's run a week later. You know what I mean? If somebody runs a stronghold and they hold the record... And there's a leaderboard somewhere that shows they run a strong. They ran a stronghold in seven minutes. Beat it. You can beat it a week later. It, eventually, equilibrium in the community will happen. Uh, Creed Bub. Off topic. How far away do you think we are from MMORPG where weapons and gear are one of a kind and everyone is different? There's no grinding for sets or a specific weapon. Everything is its own. You'd almost have to take the No Man's Sky algorithm and apply it to gear and armor the problem with that is the intentionality would be just all over the dadgum place because think about it whenever you played No Man's Sky you'd have to really rein it in remember how they said we're going to start to make the animals look better and the plant life you know more abundant I mean I remember when No Man's Sky first came out I would go to planets and there were some of the dumbest most derpiest looking animals ever and the same thing would happen with weapons and armor there'd be a lot of junk You, you're, the sword or shield that you got is just literal junk and but I, I, I know where your head's at it's like wouldn't it be cool for me to get a sword that's amazing and has a cool name and a look and nobody else can get this sword it's mine and the perks are good because of it, it's, it's you know randomly generated I, I think there's a future where games can do that, but I just, that, that's, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's around the corner. I can envision a game that pulls that off, though. I don't think it's beyond the pale, since we do have a game like No Man's Sky. Um, I just think that becomes really difficult, because you'd have to have very generic stats and generic perks that feed into those stats. Like, just damage over time, DPS, that kind of stuff, because they're the, the I'm assuming the enemies would be very similarly randomly generated so their susceptibility to certain elements and things like that, you'd have to think through that too. I think it could happen though, I do uh, Kenzie I'm new to your channel so I'm not sure if you already answered this, how do you feel about EA and Bioware hiding the details about microtransactions okay I, I I want to I want to be clear about something here. I feel like they've answered with a lot of clarity about micros, but pricing structure hasn't been discussed yet. And I want to say, what company does that? Has there ever been a game that's ever done that? Did Destiny do it? D- d- you know, is di- hey is Division doing it? Or d- is there any game that's like, hey guys, we just want you to know, we want to make sure we talk about something like this before the game launches. Here's how the micro spending structure, the micro spending structure will work. I, I don't know. I understand you being curious and wanting to know, but I don't think it's an eff- I don't think it's a fair demand. It's because nobody, nobody's doing it. Nobody's talking about it, and there's. I think there's a reason for that. Number one, I think developers are petrified of talking to the consumer because things get twisted, right? All companies do that. I, I've I've never seen a big AAA game discuss their micro transactions and, and spending and how much the structure of costs will be. I've never seen that. I haven't. Destiny didn't do it. Division didn't do it. I, I've never seen a game do that. 
I, I don't know. At the end of it, I think that the dialogue could get so easily twisted. The purpose of marketing, okay, the purpose of marketing a game is to inform you about the game, the experiences you're going to have, and what the game looks like and feels like. And I feel like they're doing that. And when the subject of micros have come up, they've said three things. It's all earnable. It's all cosmetic and not game impacting. And all future DLC and additions to the game will be free. They've consistently said those are their three talking points about the micros. And again, I think getting focused on the pricing is the wrong thing to focus on. If you're the type of player that is concerned about microtransactions and and pricing, then price doesn't matter to you. Earn rate matters to you. And I've I've said many times, as long as the earn rate is in harmony with the rest of the earn rate, if I'm getting really, really good gear and endgame gear, that earn rate should be in harmony with really cool cosmetics. I I shouldn't be three weeks into the game and decked out with top tier gear and unable to get any of the cool cosmetics because the earn rate of coin is dissonant and disconnected and not in harmony with the normal and natural earn rate of all the other items. Uh, can you explain the alliance system from Trip? No, I don't know how the alliance system works, but I do know they said get in an alliance. It's a great way to earn coin for the cosmetics. Uh, Button Mantra. Do you agree that people are right to be concerned that EA owns Respawn Entertainment, the Apex Legends studio? EA bought Respawn Entertainment on December 1st, 2017, given EA perceived reputation uh, in some gamers' eyes. Um, I don't really know why you'd be concerned. What are they going to do to Apex? Like, what's your fear? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not scared. I don't, I think I'm just going to keep coming back to the business side of things. The business side of things is very clear. If you abuse the community with micros or aggression or you sell power, then that won't go well for you. There is a natural and symbiotic relationship between the, the consumer base and the player base and the companies behind the microtransactions. If so I don't I don't think we have any fear. It's not like, hey, now that we hit 50 million concurrent players in Apex, we really want to let you guys know how everything's going to be structured. We're going to sell d- guns that you drop with and in-game advantages and booster packs so you can buy your way to victory. Isn't that great? You want to talk about imploding a game in terrible PR. I mean, that's a quick way to do it. I mean, the best thing they can do in Anthem is the best thing that they can do in Apex. Get a large and addicted player base and have micro spending that is optional and off to the side, and it just naturally generates revenue. Lycan says, I personally have a problem with the early access. I'm fine with games coming out early and paying for early access, but it's a problem. It needs to be clear cut. Don't you have a problem with a bunch of different release dates and times on different systems? I mean, I've spoken to this numerous times today. The only reason it's a bunch of different times and information is because Sony doesn't have EA access. If Sony had EA access, it'd be really easy to talk about. You can play early on the 15th on console for 10 hours, and it costs you $5 to do that. You can do the same thing on PC for 5 bucks. You get 10 hours of early access. Now, if you want to play Unlimited, we, we, that's reserved for Premier users on PC. That's all they'd have to say. 
it gets all muddled and confusing because of Sony, because they have to say, Sony, nope, not at all, 22nd, and then Xbox is at this date and time. So there's like there's like three layers to the announcement instead of just like saying two things. So... Just a little side note, not all micro- microtransactions in Apex are loot boxes. There's uh, always specific items offered for direct buying. Right, but again, the difference is is that anytime you go in to edit, like, edit a, your character in Anthem and there's an item that you want, you can buy it with the in-game currency or real money. Like, it's either or. You don't ever have to rely on a loot box for the items in Anthem. And I think sometimes they're going to have featured sets, so instead of buying the pieces individually the featured sets will be there bundled with a bunch of stuff for a certain price. Shady, uh, games have been $60 for 15 plus years. Do you think some people would complain about a $100 game with no micros versus the ones that complain about micros? There was a really good point made recently when, when this came up. I forget who it was. It might have been Gary Diaz. He usually has really good thoughts. He basically said that you have to have an entry price that's reasonable. Because the average consumer setting aside 50 to 60 bucks, that's, I think that's something that people just like, yeah, I can do that. That's not too bad. But then a hundred dollars is just a big price tag. Like that's, that's a lot. Now you have to understand something. Games used to be about the same price when I was growing up too. I remember getting Mario Kart for $50 for the Super Nintendo, $50. Right? I remember getting Diablo 2 for PC for 60 bucks. I remember the yellow Best Buy price tag on that box. 60 bucks. Right? And so the price point hasn't really uh, changed quite, quite yet. But the volume of sales has changed. So you have, you sell way more units at 60 than you did like the amount the amount of Mario Kart cartridges that got sold is probably completely dwarfed and overshadowed by how many units of Anthem will sell day one or week one so but and that's in line with the cost of development right it's it's way more expensive to make games now the staff size is a lot bigger you're bringing in you know somebody to write the script movie actors to read the script you know there's all kind of things that go into uh, game development. So it's all, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things that are going into that. And it's also, I think, it's also, I think, related to the industry itself is going through uh, a pruning phase right now because of the, the profitability of video games is there and there's potential. But there's also a lot of potential for things just to fail, flop, and not get received and have nobody buy it. And some of that's coming from Fortnite and some of that's just coming from industry standards that are just changing and certain games that are are changing player expectation about what I can do and what it should cost me. Uh, 23 months from Reaper, dude. One more month for two years. Thank you. <clears throat> Zero. I work in the casino industry, so the idea of loot box being similar to a slot machine is interesting to me. I'm curious what your thoughts are on the discussions around local, state, and federal level legislation regarding things similar to gambling games. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get into politics, but I don't, I don't like when the free market is, gets messed with. Um, I believe that consumers can respond with their money and that can dictate what is successful and what is not successful. If there's willing consumers, um, as long as they're informed and not being misled, as long as it's not fraudulent, I don't have a whole lot of problem with it. Now, as far as gambling is concerned, if if items earned in the game can be sold 
for monetary value and monetary gain, that is a form of gambling. Now, I qualified my statement. If you could go in and roll the dice, let's say they did loot boxes in Fortnite, and you could just keep buying them over and over again and try to get really good items, and then those really good items you could then sell and make money, that is gambling because there's a mon- there's a potential monetary gain. When there's no monetary gain, you are getting items in the game. You're getting something for your money. It's not like when you buy a scratch-off card and get $0 back. You buy you buy the the the, the box and you get items in the game, but they might not be they're, they're the items that you don't want maybe, right? I think Apex has a great system where no duplicates. Okay, so you you get the transaction is there. Value perception is subjective to the consumer at that point. You spent five bucks, you get something for the five bucks. Whether or not you liked it, that's subjective enough to up to the consumer at that point. No monetary value because you can't re, you can't sell it, you know. And in, in that realm, there's no oh I spent money and didn't get anything. No, you got something, especially if there's a no duplicate system in place. So I just get real concerned if we're going to start having like regulation at a state or federal level, like poking their nose into video games and like, ah, 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 you can't do that. Okay. Now, when they tell you, you have to inform the consumer what the percentage chance is of getting the items in the box. I think that's fine because now you're not telling them, hey, 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 you can't do that or you can't sell that. You're just saying the consumer needs to be informed about what they're buying. Okay, if the consumer knows 20 bucks gets me a box with the 5% chance of this item, then you're the dumb, dumb pushing the button. Okay, you just keep hitting it, right? Um, so th- the traditional definition of gambling, though, would have to be monetary gain, Yoko. That's why I don't, that's why I don't consider it now. At, at its core, yes, you're you're spending money for a chance at something, but because it's not monetary gain, it's like again, as long as you're as long as the consumer is informed, there's a five percent chance you're going to get a gold item out of this. Then that's on the consumer. You are the one pushing the button. No one is making you push it. Take ownership of your own actions. Well, what about children? A child's interaction with media is on the parents. If your kid stumbles into adult entertainment or an X-rated movie, that is your fault. It's there. There are barriers in place. There are things in place to keep kids from seeing things that they're not supposed to see. That's on you. You give your kid unfettered access to the internet and you suddenly find out they're looking at things that you don't want them to look at. That's on you. That's not on the companies or the internet. Now, if a company is praying and reaching out to children and preying on them and tricking them into looking at things they shouldn't look at, that's a different subject. But that's 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 a, in a whole other realm, right? So as long as the consumer is informed, these loot boxes cost five dollars. There's a five percent chance of you getting the 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 chingy dingy ringy thing that you really want okay five bucks five percent and this kid's just hitting the button because his mom put the credit card in there that's on her that's her money and her credit card she's responsible for where that thing's plugged in you know 
It's when a kid does that with the mobile phone. He's like, yeah, I'm feeding my dog. Oh, yeah. And he's just buying food over and over and over again. That's you. That's you. You gave him the access, you know? That's dangerous thinking. It, I know it's really revolutionary and dangerous in this millennial structure and life and culture that we live in now for people to take responsibility for their own actions and children. I know that's revolutionary. It's not dangerous thinking. You're responsible for your kids. That's it's your they're your kids. If my kid runs in the street and gets hit by a car because I'm not paying attention and I just let them play I just let them play in the street while I'm reading a magazine that's on me that's uh, that that was my that was my negligence that led to that it's it has nothing to do it's not it, that's not revolutionary it's just everybody wants to pass the buck it's somebody else's fault that I did this right I did this thing and it's your fault that I did this thing or I let my kid do this thing and it's your fault, right? Yeah, I'm not saying people with gambling addictions are dumb dumb, but you have to take responsibility for your own actions. If you get addicted to a drug or to gambling or anything, people can get addicted to all sorts of things. That's You're responsible for owning that and, and, and trying to, to, to get healing from that. But... And you have to know, right? There's bars on the corners. If you're if you if you struggle with alcoholism and it was ruining your life and you're trying to stay sober, well, right? What are you gonna do? Try and regulate where bars can be? Like, I don't wanna have to walk by a bar, I can't control myself. That's on you. You gotta go somewhere else, you gotta take a different route home. You know what I'm saying? You gotta take responsibility for yourself. There's all kinds of things that people can become addicted to that are destructive. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for your own actions. As I said, as long as people are not being tricked and and defrauded or or manipulated or preyed upon, that's when I would have a problem with it. If you were misleading people and tricking them into doing something or or lying to the consumer, that's when I that's when I have a problem. It's like you're you're tricking the consumer. That's fraudulent. If they're cons- if they're informed, I got no issue with it. I got, you're the one pushing the button. So, and listen, if you're if you get addicted to that type of spending and that type of compulsion, you've got to protect yourself, man. You got to put things in place. Don't you don't have your credit card automatically attached to the game. Have somebody that has control or keeps you accountable on those things. Like addiction is a addiction is a, is a is a terrible thing and it is destructive and it and it seems like you can't get any freedom from it but you can't blame others for your addiction that's just i, I think that's a, that's a, that's a slippery slope because then you start saying anybody anybody that's addicted to anything can blame somebody else for what they're dealing with that's that's actually far more dangerous because then everybody's to blame except for the person doing the action that's just confusing to me blaming the victim i'm not i'm not blaming the victim at all that that is that's that is a charged hyperbolic bs thing that you're used to doing to anybody that talks about these subjects and you can take it and pack it up and go the frick somewhere else if you're gonna try and accuse me of blaming the victim i take these things very seriously i actually have been seeing a therapist for a year and i'm actually educated in the realm of psychology so don't start talking to me about blaming the victim that's not what i was doing you got to be responsible for your kids and your own actions. If the consumer's informed, then it's not fraudulent. Nobody's being misled or preyed upon. Then it's up to you to spend the money or not. Uh, West Games. 
Will you be mostly streaming Anthem for a while? I'm new to your stream and loving your input so far. Oh, well, thank you. I plan on putting a ton of time into Anthem. Yes, I do. I do. Um, so, seriously, because addicts have such good common sense and impulse control and are great at managing their addiction. Come on, Lona, that's pushing a point too far. Again, your your ailment and addiction is not on is not on a company to like play with kid gloves when they promote their product or put their product out there right your struggle is not their responsibility it isn't like you know what i'm saying if i struggled with a gambling addiction that's my struggle and that's a sad thing and that's a tragic thing i probably if i if i struggle with that i would have wasted money and resources i could have i you know that that damages marriages that damages families right that's tragic and terrible but i don't get to project that onto a company and say you're responsible now to protect me from what you're trying to sell that's not that's i don't get to do that it's tragic and it's terrible, but you don't get to put that on the on the. If you have an eating disorder, you don't get to talk about the accessibility of unhealthy food. Oh, it, it, there's fast food on every corner. This is terrible. This should be regulated. You don't get to do that. You do not get to do that. That's not how it works. So in the realm of like gambling and video games and stuff like that, as I said, I think informing the consumer about the percentage chances is fine then they're informed they know what they're buying they're not being tricked and number two as long as they're doing that and not misleading people that's fine the consumer knows it's five bucks for a loot box there's a chance for an item in this loot box there we go that's me you know as a recovering addict the onus is on me liquor companies still send commercials to my house and listen I've 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 read on this. I've studied on this. I've you know I've watched shows and specials on this. One of the worst things you can do for an addict is to let them blame other people. <laughs> like that's one of the worst things you can do. That's so enabling. That's so enabling. There's like stages of how they get out of it, and that's one of the first things they have to do is own it and not and not blame others. It's one of the first. It's like the I think that's like step one. I don't even know. It's like you can't do that. You enable them. You let you leave them in the gutter if you let them blame others. You're helping them. You're helping them by by lending a hand, but also saying you got to own this. Uh, Krim says, "How do you feel about the lack of PvP and Anthem? I think it's great." I think it's great. It doesn't belong in the game. <laughs> uh, ING Veon says, I tried the Interceptor in the demo and his melee felt useless against the Hive Tyrant. Will he have trouble with anti-melee encounters? I think that the he'll have a role, right? He'll have a role, but I, I don't think you're going to be like, oh no, I... I, I can't do any damage. I can't do I can't do melee. They I think they talked about feedback from the melee though. It does feel pretty weak. Um, I I think they're I think they're going to um, I think they're going to they're going to improve that because I did think they spoke to the feedback of melee registration not being very good. So, uh, Kaz Smith. Endgame, what I've seen is a synergy with priming and detonation, so my question is, if you have two storms priming and detonating interceptor, do you think Grandmaster would be easier? Well, we're going to have to get in there and try it out, man. I don't know about builds right now, what's going to be the best and what's not going to be the best. Um, I don't I don't think that you can speak to that right now. 
Uh, what javelin you be starting with? The um, Colossus. Vel- uh, Velvet. The devs stated a week ago that people should avoid streamers during the week of the 15th to the 22nd so it would not spoil the story. This is the first time hearing a dev team saying anything like that. It somewhat concerns me. How do you feel about this statement? I mean, here's the thing. They're allowed to say, because it's their product, right? They're allowed to say, if you don't want spoilers, then don't watch streamers. I've said that (laughs) as a streamer. I'm like, if you don't want spoilers, I get it, you know? Don't watch. they're, They're allowed to do that. Think about it like this. If you worked on the game, if you worked on the game and you really worked on the story and you think it's a great story... You kind of want to protect that. There's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, th- deep down, that's not hurting streamers. You know, that's not hurting streamers. Uh, Zine Gamer, does you being sponsored by EA render you biased toward them publicly on Twitch and other platforms? No, it's 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 not like that. I'm I'm not given talking point talking points. I'm not given a muzzle. I can't bash them, as I said <clears throat> a little bit ago. I can't bash them to the same degree that I can't bash any of my sponsors. Like that That's dumb. Who would do that? Yeah, guys, you can use my G Fuel code, and then I rattle off a bunch of terrible things about G Fuel. That, that would be stupid, and I would that would break my contract. Like, I wouldn't be sponsored by them anymore. Right? So, I... But they don't tell me, hey, Lona, you can't say that. You're not allowed to say that. They don't give me talking points. When we went to the capture event, um, when we went to the capture event, the only thing they said not to do, they said, don't capture the store. It's a placeholder that's outdated information. That's all they said. And they said, don't focus on bugs and glitches in your videos. That's it. You'd be an idiot. Oh, I went there and there's a crash and I got stuck in a door. Like, why would you even do that? That's stupid. That's all they said. They didn't have like a laundry list of like, okay, guys, gather around. This is what we want you to say about the micros. Uh, uh, don't talk about this. Avoid saying this. They didn't do any of that. Do you know what they actually did when they had the most back and forth with us? We sat around in a circle and they had a lap. They had laptops out. And they were typing in a word document and they wanted our feedback. How's it feel? Does anything feel wrong? Off? Weak? Too strong? Bad? Good? <laughs> that's what they. That's what they did. Hey, EA Game Changers, we're not going to dictate to you what you should say. We want to hear how you, what, what'd you think of it? What, is it good? Is it bad? What should we work on? And we gave feedback about all kind of stuff. So I, <laughs> I don't know. That gave me a lot of confidence that they're confident in the product, but they also want the product to be good, you know? Uh, button Mantra. How many enemies do you estimate you've seen in all sources? I don't know. I, I don't have an estimation on this. Uh, death. Do you think Grandmaster 3 difficulty is going to hurt your content since you're so interactive and prefer not to talk to your teammates? Do you think you'll be able to reach a point where you don't need to concentrate Grandmaster 3? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think there, there, you'll reach a point where everybody just kind of knows what to do. And thank you, Geo, for the brand new Prime sub. Um, I think I'll hold off on Grandmaster 3 until we're, until people are pretty stacked and we can kind of run it on autopilot. I think it'll be pretty focused content, though. Um, and there's times and places for that. I don't know. what we'll to see. We'll have to wait and see how it goes. Because I do like to just autopilot a game and talk to you guys and take questions and answers and stuff. 
16 months from Senzina. Thank you so much. Reverend Edwards. How come everybody is telling people that want PvP to go play a different game if they want PvP? I understand the balancing of the game would be a nightmare, but the concept of flying around in PvP would be epic. The concept is why everybody wants it. The reason that we're saying that is because I don't go to PvP games and say, give me a, give me a campaign and a, and a loot pursuit. I don't do that. Do you do that? Do you go to Apex Legends and say, dude, these classes and guns are awesome. Give me a campaign. Give me an RPG. Give me skill trees. I want a, I want a hundred hour RPG. No, nobody does that. I don't go to PvP games and demand a campaign and a loot pursuit hobbyist game. I don't do that. That's weird. That's weird. It doesn't make sense. Anthem comes out and says it's a four-player co-op RPG game, abilities and loot. Give us PvP! No. Go play something else. It's not like a mean statement, like get out of our club, go play something else. It's, if you want PvP, there are a, there, there is a Rolodex of PvP-only games out there for you. And the truth is, they're probably better because they own their identity and that's what they deliver. Thank you, uh, Lone Over President 2020. Thank you for three months, uh, Sigmoidal Wheel. That's a, that's a blue badge. Like, Apex Legends saying, uh, Nee, thank you so much for the brand new Prime sub. Apex Legends is what you get when a game owns its identity. It's a PvP game. It's a battle royale, and it's great. And it's not trying to be anything else. The truth is, and I said this when Destiny 2 launched, when you try, and I've actually talked about this with Destiny for a long time because I feel Destiny has always had an identity crisis because it's trying to be a respectable PvP game, which it's not, and also a PvE RPG grind game, which it is, but it struggles, right? I've always said, if you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. Because if you sliced off, you know, development bandwidth and a team to work on PvP for Anthem, that pulls away from the rest of the game and production and other things that they might be working on, and now they've got to create this. And then when it's time for patches and quality of life updates, that's in the mix, and that needs addressed, and that needs dealt with. So, and, and really, do you want like a watered-down, diluted, kind of okay PvP experience? I don't know, like in Destiny? A PvP in, in Destiny? A PvP experience in Destiny that's never been top shelf? That's never been very good? That's been consistently complained about for four years? Is that what you want? Because that's what I think you'd end up with. Now, I get your point, Reverend. I do. When I got into a ranger and I started hovering and dodging around, I was like, man, this might be kind of fun for PvP, right? But then when you play all four classes, it becomes clear that it would just be an absolute nightmare. Who would ever pick the Colossus? And if they did, maybe they only pick him because he's an absolute tank and he's too hard to kill, and then people complain about that. I just think that... I just think that PvP in Anthem is possible, but I don't think it's probable I, I if you want pvp apex legends is a fantastic experience now sure you can't fly and hover but i want you to think about that for a second the mobility and the agility in in anthem do you honestly think that would translate really well into a pvp game it would be so hard 
to shoot and and hit people. It'd be it'd be wild. I I think it would struggle. I think they'd have to slow the game down. They'd have to slow the abilities down, like cooldowns on all your stuff, just to make it so you can actually land shots on people. I just I don't know. Whether or not you think it'd make a great PvP or not, kind of doesn't matter. Let a game be a game that it sets out to be. Stop trying to ask for things that either don't fit the game's identity or are going to just be watered-down crap anyway. Right? The Warframe PvP, Diablo's PvP... Yeah, but Titanfall's mobility was nothing like this, Jack, the pack. I agree, Titanfall 2 got pretty wild with wall running and parkour and the Titans, but you're not flying and hovering and insta-dodging in the air. I don't know. If you want PvP, go play a PvP game, and I'm not going to come to your PvP game and make demands for some big, long PvE grind. You know? Never asked, you said the concept would be dope, just don't get why everybody's so low on it. I just think we've had a really unpleasant experience, Reverend, with a PvP and a PvE, like, balancing battle in Destiny for four years. They just nerfed a bunch of dope stuff in Destiny because of PvP. And the game's been out for four years, and we're still dealing with that crap. What if they split it down the middle? Doesn't that... I don't know. Don't you think that kind of robs you of the excitement of like, hey, I'm playing Anthem, I'm grinding and getting stuff. This stuff's awesome. This stuff's powerful. But I can't bring it over here and have it feel the same way. You kind of like you kind of like split the game down the middle. Then it kind of I think it dilutes the identity of the game a little bit. That's part of the problem, I think. Network skeleton. Being a Destiny day 1 player, I understand the need to have end game. But do you ever feel like people are jumping right past how the campaign will be? I mean, the trailer and the live action have me really interested in the story, but hardly anyone is talking about speculating about how they are the endgame. This is actually a great question, and here, here's the issue. Even if the story is really, really good, and I mean, I feel like Destiny 2 delivered a great story. I do. I feel like Diablo 2 story, I'm sorry, Diablo 3 story is phenomenal. You know, when he casts himself out as an angel and all that. So good. The cutscenes are just brilliant. I kind of want a movie, right? Stay a while and listen. I I love the I love the feel of of Diablo. But you really have that experience like one time and then you kind of live in the end game. So I don't think it's that people are like, I don't care about the story, screw the story, just let me play the game. I think it's just that that's where people end up kind of living. That's where their focus is. I, it's, it's one of those things where we all kind of know after a week or two, story's sort of behind us. And even if you replay a- aspects of the story, you've already kind of been there, done that, right? So loot becomes the driver. Your, your build becomes the driver, you know? Is the gaming monitor worth it? 144 hertz coming from 60 hertz? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I jumped up from 60 to 144, yes. It's very nice. It, uh, it, uh, it actually makes it hard for me to watch 60. I'll be watching, I'll be playing Destiny or Anthem or Fortnite or whatever the frick. And getting, you know, 144, you know, over 100 frames. And I go to check my stream for quality on my phone. And it looks choppy. 
because I'm not used to 60 frames per second. My eyes are coming from, you know, double the frame rate. Now, if I watch my stream later in the day, you know, I've had dinner, I put the kids to bed, and then I pull up my stream and I'm breaking out a highlight or something, I think it looks totally fine. looks nice and crisp. But if I'm watching 144 and I look at my iPhone and I'm seeing 60 FPS on the stream, it looks choppy. It doesn't look choppy to you as the viewer because you're just sitting there watching 60 FPS for eight hours like my camera 60 fps and everything so you know i think it's worth it radioactive man thank you for six months that's half a year purple badge for you captain do you think loot boxes are gambling and should be allowed we had this quite we had we, we went round and round on the gambling thing if the consumer's informed and there's no monetary value or gain they get something for their money and they know the chance of what they're going to get that's that's fine but consumers should be informed about what they're buying Saying knee says, how do you feel about difficulty levels only affecting masterwork drop rate? Seems like a problem. I've said numerous times this doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. Why am I going to go to tier, like, why am I going to go to Grandmaster 2 if there's not a legendary drop rate increase? Because I need legendary gear to play Grandmaster 3. And you get like a 50% bump in the, in the, in the masterwork drop rate going to Grandmaster 2. I don't get it. I genuinely do not get it. Um... So I'm gonna. We're just gonna have to wait and see. It could just be something that's missing. Uh, it could be something that's just missing from the dialogue, um, like the, the the menu. It could be flavor text that's missing. Um, so I think I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. I don't know if they've spoke. I don't know if they've spoken to it. So platinum. Fox Gaming says, do you think Anthem could use PV, not in the sense of players shooting at each other, but like having javelin flying races and stuff like that? Here's the thing. Some people have suggested like a PvPVE environment like Gambit or something, like a race to see who can do something faster, beating a level or something. I'm not against that type of content, but that's not going to satisfy people that are asking for PvP. The folks asking for PvP would not be satisfied by a a mode where you race or something. Could it be cool? Maybe. I'm not against it. But I don't think it's needed and I don't I certainly don't think it's going to meet the requests of folks that want PvP. Yeah, it's just another flavor of PvE. Yeah, I don't think it would satisfy them. Clopas with 8 months. Love your talks and Q&A. Thank you, sir. Welcome back. Uh, Clopas says, with the success of Apex, and if Anthem has a good launch, do you think EA will have a better image? And if so, do you think they will change their business model for other games? The truth of the matter is, I think in the long run, we're going to turn around and see that a lot of the microtransactions and things that made us really mad were just part of an experiment. And they, they, they put their, they put their nose out there and got punched and it didn't work for them in Battlefront and other things. And I think that these games could stand to prove microtransactions can be in a game and be and be not disruptive or bad. And people could a year from now say they uh, they're walking a straight line now. This is a good this is a good game. We're having a good relationship. These games are fun and the micros are totally fine. Uh, a lot of it just like, like I said, I just feel like it was like a bit of an experiment. What can we get away with? What will people spend money on? Do you honestly think if we could go back in time, if we could go back in time and I showed you a Fortnite skin 
and I told you, hey, how you doing? Yeah, what's up? Yeah, loot boxes, all that. It's pretty, pretty tragic, isn't it? Do you think people will spend $20 for this? You would have been like, you'd have laughed at me. <laughs> no, it's just some cartoon. What? $20 for that? No, $10 for that? Why would anybody do that? Fast forward to today, Fortnite. I mean, if the game is super enjoyable and the cosmetics don't feel forced on you and people are like, oh, it's optional. I don't need the cosmetics in Fortnite. People spend $20 on a skin in Fortnite. And I don't think in the in the, in the the past, if you would have heard that, you'd have believed it. You'd be like, there's no way people are going to spend $20 on that. You know? How much our standards have dropped? No. It's not about standards dropping. It's consumer perception, man. It's consumer perception. They're having fun and they love the game enough to just dump money no money into it. You know? There are people that would go to the arcade when I was a kid and they'd dump their whole allowance just plugging quarters into X-Men or whatever the frick. And somebody might have looked somebody might have looked at that back in the day and been like, "You literally went to the arcade and you spent your $10 weekly allowance plugging quarters into a video game? What? I spent my $10 on I don't know, something for my skateboard or whatever we were doing back in the day. People You know what I mean? Dating myself? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. My dad, my first exposure to video games was an arcade, going with my dad to Funway Freeway, and a Coleco in the house. I've been a gamer ever since. And, but again, it's, it's, oh, sorry for bumping the mic, it's player, it's, it's consumer perception of value. If there is a demanding consumer base, a willing consumer base, a business would be stupid to not charge the money. Some people might look at a stake at Charlie's Steakhouse and be like, how much? Are you kidding me? That I could feed my family for a month with that much money if I go to the grocery store and use coupons, right? But to the person that's like that either has the, 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 the income to afford it and likes steak that much, to them, it's worth every red cent. That steak is just is phenomenal, you know? So it's all it's all about the consumer's perception. People look at all kind of things that people spend money on. And they're like, why would anybody spend money on it? Isn't there's like isn't there like chicken you can buy that they spray paint with like gold? It's actual gold, and you eat it. You eat gold, and it's really expensive. <laughs> Willing consumer, supply and demand. If you don't want it, don't buy it. That's kind of the way it works for a lot of things. Uh, the Verk. Do you think that not allowing people to see other players in the hub is kind of bad for the game? There's a social hub. They added a social hub. It's just not that kind of game. Not everybody, not every game has to have a huge social hub. And a lot of games that I've played, ESO and others, that have a huge social hub, get super laggy and crappy. Now, Destiny has the tower, but a lot of the times the games that have the social hub get kind of get kind of choppy and bad. But they did add the launch bay. There is a social hub for you to like show off your stuff if you want. T-Griff. Do you think the way Apex rolled out, with streamers being the launching off point, it'll become more common? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fortnite created very affordable and effective billboards. They did. They did. I'm not and I'm not bashing my fellow streamers. It's good for the platform. It's good for gaming. It's good for streaming. It's good. It's good for you, because you get to see games 
on a huge stage. It's exciting, and you can decide to play it or not. It's also free. But Fortnite created enormous, very affordable, and very effective billboards. These guys have massive reach, and it's effective. The audience that they're playing for, it's a targeted audience. It's just great. Hydra Swarm, thank you for the brand new sub. It's great. It's going to happen more and more. More and more sponsored opportunities, more and more opportunities for streamers to do really, really cool things and for you guys to get to be a part of that. I think the the future is bright. Future is bright. Saying me, why do you think people complain about cosmetic micros? It has no effect on the gameplay. I already addressed this. I think in a loot pursuit game, cosmetics are part of the experience. We can't pretend that it's not part of the experience. It's a representation of your investment in the game. So cosmetics in a loot pursuit game should never be purchase only. I, I don't like that. I'll speak against it anytime I see it. As long as it's earnable. I didn't like it in Destiny when they did it with those stupid emotes for, for, Rise of I, uh, for, for Iron Banner. Loot pursuit games, cosmetics are part of the journey. They are part, they re, they are a representation of your investment the same way your kit and your loadout is. So, I'm going to keep streaming and talking to you guys that are here live, but I'm going to do an outro for the podcast. We're out of questions. We answered 70 questions. You guys are awesome. I can't wait to do this some more once the game is out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash no to rage or look me up say no to rage on twitch you can catch these sessions live and join in the amazing conversations as always i appreciate you watching listening to all of my content please like share and subscribe